0: Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, and this is part two of The Power of Agreement. Last time I talked about the power of agreement from a spiritual perspective. This time I'm going to talk about it interpersonally and intrapersonally. So interpersonally, there is such strength and support in a bond of agreement, an agreement we make with at least one other person. It really gives substance to that agreement. We are relational beings. God has created us that way. He's created us for connection. His plan is for us to connect and bond with others. And in that bond, in that association, we're going to influence and be influenced by others. So who we choose is very important, who we choose to Uh, be open to influence from, because that connection can open the door for the flow of life or really for the flow of death uh, in attitudes and emotions and persuasions and so on. So in particularly, a threefold chord is uh, so powerful. There's power of agreement between three people or between two people and God. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor." That's synergy. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. That's support. But woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. And that's isolation, which is a very dangerous place to be. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who's alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. You know, the strongest threefold cord I know is between uh, a husband, wife, and God. It is so powerful when they come into agreement over decisions, when they pray together. And it, it is so sad when they don't, because there's a, a diminishing. Uh, second thing we see interpersonally is uh, the promise of answered prayer. Matthew 18, 19, If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Wow. So who we walk with and who we agree with and who we pray with is very important. Third, uh, we know there's danger in agreement with particular people. Proverbs twenty two twenty four 24 says, don't make friends, don't, don't get an agreement with an angry person. Do not associate with a wrathful person, lest you learn his ways and entangle you, yourself in a snare. A snare is waiting because they're bitter and angry and we get pulled into that trap. And we're not to partner with it uh, because it opens a channel for the flow of that emotion into us and it really sets things going. Uh, an example of the, you know, I said a while ago, the power of um, uh, a husband and wife that that is such a strong cord. And you think about Ananias and Sapphira in Act 5. They came into agreement to lie to the Holy Spirit, uh, they colluded together, and death resulted. Think how powerful they could have been. So we have this warning in 2 Corinthians 6 14 through 18. Don't, don't be joined to unbelievers. What partnership does light have with darkness? What agreement does the temple of God have with idols? We're the temple of the living God. In what agreement would we have being married to someone who uh, did not have the spirit of the Lord living within them? Proverbs 26, 4 is another. I do not associate with deceitful men or consort with those who are deceitful dishonest why because partnership with them means influence and you know we have to ask ourselves the question where do we want those influencing us to originate from proverbs twenty nineteen: the one who goes about gossiping reveals secrets therefore do not associate with someone who's always opening his mouth there's a lot of do not associates aren't there Then another one in Proverbs 24, do not associate with those given to change, those who are wishy-washy, those who won't stand steadfast. For their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin that comes from both of them, both of them, the person joined to them in agreement and, and the person creating this ruin. Proverbs 26.4, don't associate with a fool. Don't answer a fool according to his folly or in agreement with his folly, lest you yourself be like him. Don't connect with foolishness. Don't connect with someone else's anger, with their darkness, with their toxicity, with their bitterness. Uh, we would just save ourselves so much trouble if we would more quickly disconnect from some of these people when they come in our orbit when they start talking in certain ways. And we can carry way too much responsibility to carry on a conversation that's going nowhere. Sometimes it's it's really time to, to cut it off. Uh, remember in Joshua 23, they were told not to associate with the na- nations near them and certainly not to intermarry, not to invoke the name of their gods because they would learn their ways if they did that. God didn't want them participating and learning the sin of other nations. 1 Corinthians 5.11, Paul says, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who calls himself a Christian, who is sexually immoral, greedy, an idolater, verbally abusive, a drunkard, or a swindler. Don't even eat with such a person. It's pretty strong, you know. So, I guess my question is Are we living as nice Christians and putting up with this? Are we living as 21st century Christian Christians still under the same word he gave in the first century? Don't even eat with them, don't associate, don't continue that. Um, some other examples are in Acts 19, the city was just filled with this confusion, and it says, A lot of them, do you know what? What was going on? There was just this big uproar, but it says they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius, Aristarchus, Paul's companions. They got an agreement with with this jealousy against Paul and his companions. Then later in Acts 23, Paul's nephew overhears this conversation, and it's a conspiracy against Paul, and they, they, got into agreement, they bound themselves with an oath that they were going to uh, kill Paul. Jealousy is, Oh, jealousy is so powerful. James says every evil thing comes from it. And then the same thing happened in Acts seven, when they stoned Stephen, it says they rushed on him with one impulse, one impulse. So we get an agreement with strife and disorder and jealousy Every evil thing comes about, you know, when I first started talking about this, I mentioned there's synergy, support, and substance Uh when we get an agreement, and we can get an agreement with life, or we can get an agreement with something evil. Uh, We're also not to get an agreement and collude with the false self of others when they're whining, when... They're, you know, in certain moods, whatever. We don't have to get, confirm that at all. In fact, what we want to do is speak the truth in love. All right, what about positive agreements with people? Well, blessings, blessings of good things come when we uh, agree with wise and mature people. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, "The one who associates with the wise grows wise." <laughs> That's pretty simple, but it's so true. Uh, but a companion of fools suffer harm. So you know, what are you companion to? What agreements have you made with people? And uh, one of the ways that we can associate wise with wise people is to read books that are written in a great deal of wisdom and maturity, starting with the Bible. <laughs> So um, we want to give the wise a place in our lives. We want to pay attention and take it in. We want to give authority to wisdom and give it power as we agree with it. Daniel 12 says, The wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse. Don't you want to shine with brightness? And in anything we're lacking in, mercy, joy, kindness, Get with someone who displays those characteristics. Walk with them. See what's going on in their life. See how they do it. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's joint participation. You want to walk with people where your soul and spirit and body are built up. And in 2 Corinthians 6.13, Paul talks about a like exchange where heart is open to heart. That, that really is our ideal. Um, in Acts 15, we see a picture where the elders and the apostles in the early church had some some issues they needed to decide. And it says, it seemed good to us having become of one mind. So uh, how'd they do that? Well, they looked at the word. They turned to the Old Testament prophets, Amos, Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah. Then they looked at the testimony of miracles, signs and wonders that were happening with Paul and Barnabas. Then they stated their agreement uh, about their leadership, and they gave very clear instruction, correction, and encouragement. And so, because they were in unity, because they set things in order, then growth could occur and clarity could happen. Um, C.S. Lewis in uh, the Narnian writes of friendship and something above friendship as, quote, a love that is rooted in an agreement about the truth that mere friendship is not required to have. A love rooted in in the truth. When mutual love, deep agreement, and common purpose all come together, we have something extraordinary. Yes, we do, because we're members of one another. And uh, when when we do that, particularly when we agree on the truth, something wonderful can happen. And we know the Lord tells us that blessings flow down when there's unity, and it's so powerful against the evil one. All right, so that's interpersonally. What about intrapersonally? We have to consent to be who we are to be truly who we are uh, with our own unique gifts and qualities and so on. and Many of us are living outside that consent. But the Lord invites us uh, into that consent. Our mind, our heart, our will, our desires, our conscience, all living in an integrated way in agreement with one another. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. All within us needs to be in agreement. And that's when we're at our truest. That's when we're our our clearest and our most empowered. So we need to pay attention to the inner chatter. What's going on that you're agreeing with right up here? Uh, And um, recognize that what we get in agreement with is going to influence us. Many things we think about. We just need to let them pass on through they're not true, they're not good, they're not honorable. Sometimes we've operated in such childhood scarcity or even childhood abuse that we've internalized all that, and we get an agreement with them. We think it's true about us, but it's not, so we have to listen to the Lord. What is he saying about all that? And every time we submit to the truth, we become more of who we truly are. Um, As we look out, we don't look into ourselves to find the truth. We look out to him to find the truth. And we agree to live in that truth. And we stop the false. Uh, you know, the old false self, the old flesh, will excuse itself and offer all sorts of reasons, all sorts of ways around the truth. But James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Lord wants us to set our yes toward him, that we're not adrift that we're on a stable path, on a firm foundation. So we're saying no to fear, we're saying no to worry, we're saying no to jealousy, no to sloth, no to these these things that wanna hinder and block us. And we're saying yes in agreement to the spirit of the Lord. Uh, We're saying yes and we're expecting his goodness. We focus on setting our mind on him. We can overcome so much simply by resetting our mind and renewing our mind. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts, so you can refer back to that. But every day we wake up in the middle of a story, our story, that's already going on. And it's God's story too. And we get to collaborate with him in writing our story as we set our mind on the truth. Another thing is we need to learn to not stay silent in key moments, tacit agreements. So these are silent things just sort of understood. You know, sometimes if I'm hearing someone preach or teach or you know whatever, and it would be inappropriate to stand up and say, well, I don't agree with that. Uh, But if I know it's not the truth, just under my breath, I'll say, no, I don't agree with that. And I think that's important. But uh, sometimes by being silent, we're allowing something and our silence speaks. Uh, Numbers 30 verse 4, the, the daughter pledges herself to some obligation. She makes a vow and when the father hears about his daughter's vow, it says if he remains silent, the her vow will stand. But if the father speaks up and says, no, that's not good, we're not heading that way, her vow, her agreement won't stand. And sometimes we need to do that, say, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm not certain that that's the right path rather than just being a nice Christian. We break the silence by telling the truth. We expose the tacit. And sometimes we need to hear ourselves say it, say it out loud. Uh, the word of God is alive, and we need to say it out loud, and, um, you know, when God is on the move, and he's always on the move, he's always doing things, he needs our agreement, yes, he does, that's the way he's set up his kingdom, uh, for those things to happen, our faith sees it, our faith declares it, and our yes, should be the answer to everything the Holy Spirit wants to do. And then once we give our yes, we just continue to stand in faith and gratefulness and in all the promises of God. So I hope these two sessions about the power of agreement have been helpful. And I think next time I'm going to be talking about the power of blessing. So thanks for joining me.